guys. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the LCR Media Podcast. I'm your host, LCR Nailer Tally Farrow. On today's IBG episode, again, going to try with the holidays. Um, again, I say, because I'm going to use a term that I've just recently started using called bite-sized pieces. So instead of saying short and sweet, which always seems to be the the tongue-in-cheek joke, kiss of death for those of us podcasters here, at least Mr. Producer Podcasts that are, um, you know, trying to you know, give as much value as possible and, and, and as well as uh, poke a little fun at each other every now and again. And uh, as we know, Brian Fullerton with the Fullerton Unfiltered Podcast, <laughs> he used to, he would, he would use the term short and sweet and then it'd be like an hour later. So it's all good fun. We always have, have a good time. We all have our little isms and our jokes and get on each other's case and keep each other honest and, and, uh, motivated and, um, you know, uh, at our best, right? Iron sharpens iron. So like also Paul Jameson, the Green Industry Podcast says a lot on his podcast. But on this IBG episode, uh, since it is the holidays coming up soon, I definitely want to try and uh, have these bite-sized pieces, these episodes, shorter episodes that are like bite-sized pieces of overall themes and general topics or specific topics instead of having like an hour and a half, two hour long episode, recorded episode that I could break up into multiple pieces. I just kind of have shorter recording sessions, also being mindful of my own time, Mr. Producer's time, and your time. With it being the holidays, if you are you know, actually spending time, depending on how much time you may or may not be spending with your friends and family um, for the holidays and or potentially out there working like me um, around the holidays still, um, you know, just, just want to be respectful of your time as well as my time. But if you are out there working like me and, or you're traveling for the holidays, also like me, just want to continue giving you guys some, some good content instead of like taking some time off from posting podcasts and things like that. Just though, just keep it going. It helps me stay consistent as well. I feel like if I start, um, you know, I have done this in the past over the summer when it was really crazy during the whole labor crisis nonsense going on and, with the COVID-19 pandemic and everything. Um, I was just so overwhelmed with so many things going on, trying to keep the wheels on for my business and, and, and moving forward that I, I really could only just barely get one episode a week done. You know, I would r- try and record some individual, you know, IBG episodes like I'm doing now and try and squeeze in some guests here and there uh, with certain topics. Like at that time it was labor, you know, all the different perceptions on labor and, and how we can house other Folks in the industry were getting through it and so on, uh, but it, it was really hard for me to get two two a week um, during that time. So, you know, there has been some times like that, you know, where, where I've, I've dialed it back. And to be honest, there's many weeks where I think about doing that, but I just continually push myself to make sure I get the two episodes out per week that I committed to doing when I first started the LCR Media Podcast going on two years ago. So I just want to, you know, I, don't know, I just say all that just to say whatever I'm saying, that even though it's the holidays and it's the off season, winter and all that, I still want to continue the routine and the discipline of recording, creating content, recording content on the podcast. Also trying to step it back up on my YouTube channel, get some more videos out 
with that and um the holidays definitely slowed me down leading up to them with instagram i hadn't posted reels for a little while i had a good thing going with that posting reels and, and stories uh but i kind of took a, a break from that i've been out of town for for a little while for the holidays with my family so i just really wanted to focus on that i took a lot of pictures and and some video clips but i didn't really post them live in the moment so i'll probably be uploading a whole bunch of that sometime in the near future on my instagram at lawn care rookie and potentially uh, my YouTube channel at Lawn Care Rookie as well, or, or LCR, uh, just to kind of photo dump, you know, all of my content from from my time with my family um, on our Christmas vacation. But at any rate, enough of all that super long, unnecessary four-minute intro. Just, uh, just say all that to say that I'm trying to keep them as short and bite-sized as possible, still give you guys some value for those of you that are traveling and or working and still want to listen and learn and maybe even be entertained along the way uh, with the LCR Media Podcast. So what I want to just talk about uh, briefly on today's episode is being ready for a second crew or more specifically saying that I have everything to start a second crew as the title of this episode says, Um, which just means that not just, which means that I have been, I have all of the equipment and now two trucks and potentially uh, the staff. I have my quote unquote, dare I say, right hand man uh, who's going to be ready to be promoted to crew leader once the spring hits. And I need to hire a few other folks. I have um, one of my longtime favorite um, part time associates that will be coming back. One of my team members coming back to the team, um, just, you know, reduced availability, like part, part time, you know, a few days a week, which will still be great. I'm totally fine with that. Cause he's, he's a rock star and I always enjoy working with him. And, um, I think my crew leader will also enjoy working with him as well. And the two of them will really get after it. So I, I know I have that, but I would like to get maybe one or two other part-time guys so I can go full blown into two crews. Now, of course, it all depends on how much work I get in the spring rush and all that kind of stuff. There's no real telling there, um, but I know the spring rush is always extremely busy for me every year, just like probably most of you or all of you listening. Phones, emails, Facebook, it's all ringing and, and binging off the hook. Um, uh, for me, 90% of the time, it's all nonsense, tire kickers, one-time transactional customer type work, you know, like people are just calling around looking for mulch you know, mulch for hire, shrub trimming for hire, leaf cleanups for hire, cut my grass one time for hire, just all these kind of nonsensical things that don't lead into reoccurring revenue for me. And I've been there, done that. So I try to avoid that as much as I know I try. I I do avoid that as much as humanly possible. You know, of course, some people are still going to have a song and dance and might convince you of things, but, you know, and then cancel or whatever. But I, I try to implement so many things now that it filters so many of that nonsense out uh, as much as possible. Again, you still get you know those little stumpers every now and again. And every year, I always have to eliminate at least somebody. I always have to get rid of at least one bad bad egg, bad client, if not more. You should always be you know dissolving um, you know the bottom to make room for the top and all that kind of stuff. So you don't you don't want to stay stagnant and just stay with the same people. Every year you're going to have someone that either became a slow payer or no payer if you don't have credit card on file uh, or people that, you know, refuse to have a credit card on file and they become a slow payer or no payer. The people that are complaining over one blade of grass that might have been, you know, that blew back on the driveway or who knows what nonsense, you know, 
nonsensical things that they could complain about. Just, just, you know, people that are like texting you or calling you, asking you when are you going to be there this week or being super proactive and they contact you because it's going to rain on Wednesday. Are you going to be able to be there on Wednesday or will you be there on Thursday or, you know, whatever, like all this stuff. Sometimes it's, it's legit. Like, you know, I'm going to have company, like if you're scheduled to be somewhere on a Friday and it's supposed to rain on Friday and they have plans on Saturday and they're, you know, they might legitimately be concerned. Like what, you know, can you come on Thursday maybe? Because I have, I have a graduation party or something, you know, I have a big thing going on on Saturday. So I really would like the grass to be cut fresh. I mean, you definitely can't come on Saturday. I've had some people say, if you can't come before Saturday because of the rain on Friday, then, you know, just wait till Monday or something because I'm going to have a lot of things going on on Saturday. So I don't, you know, you won't be able to mow the lawn. Then I have people that are like, oh, I really need you to, or can you please mow the lawn before Saturday? So, you know, cause I have a big event or whatever. So th- those things are, are understandable. I get it. But then there's the people that are just like, just, I, I guess high maintenance, you know, and they're just, they just want to know everything, I guess. And they don't have any big events. They just, Hey, it's going to w- rain on Wednesday. Do you think you'd be able to come on Wednesday? We'd become a Thursday. And it's like, why do they even need to know that? They really don't like, I'll communicate that as needed. You know what I mean? Like if we're, if we can't be there on Wednesday, I'll let you know on Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just like my same philosophy with, uh, staffing and scheduling. Like I'm not going to cancel work for the day, you know, days prior, just because it says it's calling for rain. I'm going to wait until it actually rains or I'm going to wait until at least until the night before. If it looks like it's 80 to a hundred percent chance of rain the next day, then, well, you know what, let's, let's just call it, you know, but if it looks like 50% or less, you know, depending on when it starts, when it ends, whatever, whatever, like I'm usually just going to, we're going to go for it and we're going to work until we, until, until we can't anymore, or we're going to start later or whatever. Like I'm not going to cancel stuff proactively way in advance when, and when everything is so uncertain. But anyway, so those kind of people, I try not to deal with that kind of stress. So I try to get rid of them and so on. So I, Every year there's going to be, there's always that attrition. There's always your recycling people and you just never really know how many people you're going to lose and how many people you're going to gain. Um, but the amount of people that contact me every spring, the majority of them are just nonsensical things. They're not in the right area that, that I want to service. They want just one-time services, all those kind of things. I just rambled off a little bit off topic there slightly. But so um, if it's, you know, more people that, that I want are more people than normal contact, like the, the, my ideal clients and, and services that I offer. If more of those people contact me this spring, then that'll, that'll increase obviously the, the workload. So that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I know, I don't think it was this past spring, but the spring before when things were really crazy and, you know, because of the pandemic, everybody was just stuck home and they realized all the work that they wanted to get done and around the house and, and needed help with this and that, or just, you know, couldn't do it or whatever the deal is. There's a huge increase in outdoor everything, outdoor activities, landscaping, lawn care, mulch yards couldn't keep mulch in stock. Nurseries couldn't keep plants in stock. Like, you know, lawn care uh, maintenance companies couldn't, you know, mow grass fast enough for all these people. And with all that happening, so there's a huge demand in products and services for the outdoor spaces. Um, and with all that being said, at the same time, there was a huge decline in people wanting to do the work for whatever reason. Um, you know, so that was tough for me because that was a spring that I had the opposite. It was flipped. Instead of like 90% of the people not being ideal for me and only 10% being, you know, cool, someone that I would send estimates out to and, you know, 
5% of those accepting the percentage. So I would only, you know, gain a, a, a few clients every spring based on that ratio. It was flipped. It was only 10% of the people that I didn't, you know, that weren't my ideal, that weren't a good fit. And then 90% that were, and 50% of those people were accepting. So here I am getting like double and triple the amount of increased um, accounts and I had no staffing to manage it. So it was rough that, that whole situation. So you just never know. How much time did you waste in 2022 looking up addresses to qualify a prospect? Probably a lot more than you realize. Losing time is losing money. Well, we have a solution for you. It's called My Service Area. My Service Area quickly pre-qualifies prospects based on their address and the specific profitable service area that you have created. Don't take our word for it. Here's what Charles from Stepping Stone Landscaping says about using My Service Area. My Service Area has quickly become an essential tool. The setup was easy, amazing customer service, and most importantly, it saves me money. My Service Area is a no-brainer solution to a very common time-wasting problem of looking up addresses. I highly recommend adding My Service Area to your website before the next spring rush. You know, Naylor talks about creating dense routes, and My Service Area is certainly a tool that can help you fine-tune your routes. Well, thank you, Charles. Now really is the best time to get started so that you will be in a great position to conquer 2023. Visit myserviceareacom slash LCR for a very special offer that will only be available for a limited time. The link will be in the description. myserviceareacom slash LCR. Welcome back to Toro Tuesday. This week, I wanted to talk about the snowplow attachment. So there are actually, this is, for one thing, this is one of the few uh, multi-force attachments that I don't own, nor have I used it, but I've seen it plenty um, online and, you know, at Toro and um, at the GIE now, Equip Expo. Uh, I've definitely seen it and played around with it. I uh, just haven't actually plowed snow with it. But again, I have seen plenty of other folks in our community and industry use it plowing snow. But that's that's exactly what it is. It's a snow plow. It's for pushing snow. So if, if those of you that don't have any idea what I'm talking about, you know, when it snows, right, um, you know, this is an actual plow. Instead of having, um, you're using your truck or some people have ATVs, you know, four-wheelers, and they, they can put a plow on there. And it's good for clearing out driveways, small commercial parking lots, sidewalks, things like that, like areas that um, it's it's almost easier to use a smaller, um, you know, a smaller um a smaller type plow, like some, like an ATV or something like that, versus um, having a truck, a pickup truck in there with a plow. I know a lot of guys will use skid steers, which is like just a little mini, you know, um, excavator or, or uh, for lack of better explanation, I'm, I'm not a hardscaper, forgive me guys, but it's just like a little mini tractor. Uh, there's a lot of different things, a lot of different tractors out there that you can use all different variations that have a bucket you know, or you can take that bucket off in some cases and put like a, a different kind of a blade on there, which is meant for pushing dirt around, but you can use it to push snow. So instead of using all those different things, now you just one more thing you can use for your Toro Multiforce mower. Again, you take the mower deck off. This is going to help you keep this machine working year round instead of it sitting in the garage over the winter. Um, it, it, you know, if you get a lot of snow and, and you're not cutting grass, um, you know, I think down south around Florida is pretty much the only people that are cutting grass in the winter, you know, not, not as, as, as much, but they're still doing a little bit. Um, so they probably never put their mowers in the garage, but for the rest of the country, 
you know, you are putting, uh, you're just kind of putting this in storage, you're winterizing it, and it just stays there for however many months, you know, of the winter before the grass starts growing again. Well, if you get get enough snow to, to plow, to push the snow out of the way and clear driveways, sidewalks, small parking lots, and so on, then you can utilize this attachment for your Toro Multiforce. There's a couple of different sizes, a couple of different add-ons and variations of the snow plow. Uh, they just had one, you know, starting out uh, back in 2016 or shortly after, but now over the years, They've uh, come out with a couple different versions or a, a few different versions and varieties of it. As you know, time goes on, they keep coming out with more attachments in general, uh, evolving the attachments they have, tweaking things here and there. So again, for, for all of the visuals and all the specifics and all of the different ones that they offer, because there's multiple different types of snow plows that they offer for the Toro Multiforce, as always, go ahead in the episode description, click the link for Toro.com that'll take you there so you can check out them, uh, check out all the facts and then get the visuals for yourself. But it's basically just a big plow. It's a, a, AKA a blade, um, a snow blade that just goes, attaches to the front of your mower. You have your deck off. They also have upgraded tires that you can swap out that have thicker, uh, heavy duty uh, traction for the slippery snow and ice and things like that. So you can help you push the snow better than versus the, your turf tires just for, you know, for grass and um, being more gentle on, on the turf and giving you traction for that. This is a more aggressive tread uh, for the snow. So you can swap those uh, t wheels and t tires out um, or swap the tires out. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a whole, it's a whole kit wheel and tire. And, and you can also get a weight kit, which is highly recommended to put in the wheel, uh, which, which gives you more weight down back behind there where the wheels are so that it can help you push the snow, right? So if you're pushing the snow, it's going to be adding some force to the mower. This way you're not kind of slipping and sliding. So that helps reduce all of that. So you can just get your mower and you can get all the smaller areas and you can push all that. You can still use a pickup truck or any other bigger pieces of equipment to push larger areas, but for the smaller, tighter areas, you can use the mower uh, with the plow on it for that. So that's that's that was one of the first attachments that they came out with, and I know it's been heavily utilized throughout the community and the industry. Like I said, I've seen it plenty and played around with it a little bit, just haven't really pushed snow. Uh, around here in central Virginia, we don't get a whole lot of snow, um, so it's not enough for me to even invest in something like that. Um, so, But I have seen a lot of guys use it, and it, and it works great. The point is, for years now, I have been building to get to the second crew. You know, my whole plan has been... Um, to get up to at least two crews, two self-sustained crews with two crew leaders. So meaning me not being, me not having to be in any of the trucks to do the work physically, um, all the time. Like I still plan, I have still planned on for as long as I can physically, uh, be, you know, the main FERT tech. And then of course, try and train some folks to, to do that for me. And, and uh, you know, if I need to help out in a pinch with whatever I can, whether it's, you know, get out and, and treat some yards if, you know, if uh, someone's on vacation or there's, you know, someone's really sick or something or with the mowing crew or landscaping, any of those kind of things if I really have to. But the goal is to have self-sustained crews that can basically do, that can just do everything on their own, manage their teams and everything. And they're just following up with me every day, you know, what went well, what needs to improve. And, and then my job is to continue uh, keeping the, the company, the business financially strong, making sure we have the right teams and everyone's growing and learning 
we have the right equipment, it's all functional, we have the right route density, we have the right type of clients and type of yards and the type of services and the pricing is right, and I'm following up with any kind of customer service issues here and there and, and any just, you know, customers in general that maybe want to talk to me about this or that. So that's pretty much the high level stuff that I want to eventually get to where I'm more working on my business versus in my business. As much as I love laying down stripes and all that stuff, my business can't grow as much, you know, with me in it as if I was working on it on the outside, you know, working on it. So that that's always been my goal and I, I'm breaking it down in five year chunks. So the first five years of my business was to get to hire, you know, start hiring part-time to full-time employees to start building a team. That's what I was doing the first five years. I achieved that. Um, but part of that was having a crew leader and I never achieved, I was never able to find a consistent crew leader, you know, from year five to now, which we're going into year nine. So, you know, the last few years, it's been very fluctuate, fluctuant, um, it's fluctuated a lot trying to find a crew leader. So a consistent, reliable crew leader. So, but I've always, I've had, I've been also building all the other things behind the scenes, like making sure I have the right setup and the right equipment and enough of the equipment and so on and so forth. So, you know, I have a, a event, I got the Ram 3500 heavy duty truck, you know, then I got the ramp rack. So now it's easy for anyone, whether they are a master at pulling trailers or not to get in the, you know, load every of the mowers up in the back of the truck bed, you know, up on the ramp and all the load up, all the trimmers and blowers on all the racks that are attached to the side of the truck bed that are all connected to the ramp rack system, uh, which you can look at that. The link is in the, in the episode description and you can save uh, 10% off of the, anything on the ramp racks website. If you are interested, as well as there's more episodes, I talk about it. On the Lowe's Hair Media Podcast, you can just type in the search box in your podcast player and type in um, the ramp rack, and you'll you'll find my videos that way. As well as I have, I mean my my episodes, as well as you can find videos about the ramp rack that I made on my YouTube channel at the Lawn Care Rookie. So I'm not going to go into what that is if you don't know, but I talk about it all the time. It's my main go-to mowing setup, mowing maintenance setup. So I have that. Um, that was another way to really streamline and prepare for crews and so on. Um, ideally, what I would like to have is two heavy-duty trucks with the ramp rack set up for mowing maintenance. And then I still have my 7x16 enclosed trailer um, that I use for all of like the landscape maintenance. And obviously, as a backup, if for some reason... You know, it's not really a backup, actually, because there's nothing happens to the ramp rack. Um, but... If for some reason something were to happen to my truck with the ramp rack, I could just, if it's in the shop or something, I can easily just rent a U-Haul pickup truck or whatever other, you know, pickup truck I can find to rent and hook that up to my enclosed trailer and continue getting work done. You know, just load the mowers in the, in the trailer, which some of them stay in the trailer anyway as part of my storage. So I don't have to have as many storage units. Uh, so that, that's kind of like how that goes. Uh, that, that, that's how it becomes a backup in that sense. But you know, with a functioning truck, which I've got, a, you know, it's a 2019, it's only three years old, great shape, basically brand new, you know, Ram 3500. I got it when it was brand new with like 20 miles on it so that it would last me forever, hopefully for the life of my business. It's going to, it's a tank, it's a work truck. It's going to work well. It's going to do good. It has done phenomenal. So I don't expect that to have any major issues anytime soon. That's for sure. So that's the main, the main go-to truck. And then 
th- it would be great to have another one similar to also have the ramp rack to have two mowing maintenance crews. And then, like I said, have the enclosed trailer as an emergency backup. If any of the trucks go down, I can rent a, a temporarily another truck to hook up to um, if I need to do that or use my truck, which I just got another truck. It's new to me truck, which I'll spend and I'll have another episode just dedicated to this truck, what it is, how I'm using it, my mindset, all that kind of stuff, but um, everything about it and so on. But I can all use that truck to hook up the, to the trailer in the meantime. Like right now I have two trucks, right? Versus three. I said, the goal is to have two trucks with the ramp rack and then I've got the enclosed trailer. If something goes down, I can either use my truck to pull a trailer and we can get some stuff done or I can rent and, or I can rent a pickup truck to hook up to the trailer and the guys can keep it moving that way. Right now, as it is, I've got two trucks, not three. I've got the ramp rack, truck with the ramp rack and then my new-to-me truck. So if something were to happen, like I said, which should not happen, it would have to be an accident, like a, you know, like a user error type thing or just someone plows into the truck or something. But no mechanical issue should be going wrong with the current work truck with the ramp rack. But if for some reason uh, anything happened to that truck, I could use my truck my new to me truck to pull hook up the trailer and we can still get stuff done together. Or, uh, most likely I would be renting a pickup truck to hook up to the trailer. So the crew could go out and continue doing their thing. Cause we're at that point now where I'm going to be promoting my crew leader and I'm, and I'm excited and it's, you know, he's, he's really, really, really a good person, a good, um, team member, great work ethic, all, all, all that stuff. Like, everything that I've been looking for and more. So I'm extremely happy and grateful that I've been able to last this long, survive this long to be able to find him. So I know that's kind of like what everyone has told me in the past. You got to find your right hand man. You got to find your right hand man. That's kind of what you start building your business off of is that right hand, you know, quote unquote, right hand man. You know, you have that your first, your main guy that you can rely on or kind of like your partner in crime. You can just you tell them what, what needs to get done and they get it done. And eventually they just know what needs to get done. And, and you guys just work with each other and bounce ideas off each other and whatever. Like just, just someone that you don't have to hold their hand and babysit and they can take a truck and go off and get stuff done. And you can take your truck or a truck and go another truck and go off and, and do other things and so on. So that's, that's what I've been missing for years now. And I, I finally am, am getting to that point now where I can, you know, I can experience that. So I'm looking forward to the spring for that. Like I said, I have a part-timer that's going to be coming back for a few days a week, and I'm pretty sure I'll be able to find a few more as well because things seem to be a lot better over the last over the last season going through the summer into now fall and then winter. There's been a lot more people applying and looking for jobs. I've hired a couple of folks that have come and gone over the summer. Um, so there, there's, there's, there's more opportunities there. So I'm hopeful that I'll find, I've got plenty of applications right now that are live that I have to go through and sort. Uh, I was, like I said, I was on vacation, Christmas vacation for a little bit. So I just, you know, I checked out, I wasn't, um, you know, doing any of that kind of stuff, but I, you know, see that I have all that waiting for me. So I'm going to go through and check all that. Um, there's so I'm hopeful there's, there's more people applying. So that's, that's great. Um, and so with that being said, I am hopeful to have that first crew at the ramp rack crew leader and everyone just going off doing their thing out. And I will be able to, uh, use my, the new to me truck hook up to the trailer when I'm treating yards and things like that. So, but again, I'm, 
I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's a quick little teaser preview for the episode that I'm just, I'll just dedicate a short episode, just going over everything about the new to me truck. Um, but at any rate, so I've been preparing all, all this over the years, right? And what's been missing is the staffing, the labor. That's kind of like the number one thing for everyone when they have kind of issues. But sometimes it's not having the right equipment or enough equipment, not having uh, enough trucks or the right trucks, all that kind of stuff. But I've been trying to align myself for years now, still continuing to move forward with everything that I can and still continuing to try and look for a good team, you know, trying to build that staffing and trying to find that crew leader and so on, uh, going through, you know, um, you know, that kind of sounds bad saying going through, but cycling through, unfortunately, you know, different employees here and there and, and crew leaders and so on. That's just kind of part of the territory. That's what you have to do. You're not, you're not going to always get it right every time, first time and everything. So, um, and so on. So we're, we've been going, we've been working through that as a lot of you probably know and also have been doing as well. But if I have had the equipment set for some time now, I've got plenty of mowers, got the trailer for a second crew. I've got the uh, ramp rack, whole setup ready to go. Um, I've got plenty of clients. Something I started to say a little while back in this episode was the one variable that I'm not 100% sure of, obviously, is how many new accounts I'm going to gain in the spring rush. But as it is now, the accounts that I have now, I have enough, uh, more than enough for one crew. So any anything beyond that, we're going to have to start going into a second crew, whether that's, uh, you know, most likely that transition will look like, unless it just happened to miraculously stumble upon, you know, or find, locate, recruit another crew leader candidate most likely what will happen is I will find another part-timer to work with me and we'll maybe like mow, go out and mow together like one day a week, just the two of us. And then he'll, he, they will get the rest of their hours for the week with the main crew, um, just so that I can take some of the workload off of, you know, like if, as we get more lawns and more accounts and things to do, I don't want to overwhelm crew one. So I can, you know, definitely go out one day a week with someone and we can knock out a whole day's worth of new accounts. And the other days I'll be working on other stuff like treating the lawns, um, you know, doing estimates, customer service stuff, checking up on properties and social media, you know, creating content and doing things for LCR media. Like I said, on previous episodes where I want to, I really want to push even harder to see how far, what else I can do and accomplish how far I can go with LCR media to keep giving back and bringing the community together so we can keep growing and achieving great things together. So, and I really enjoy creating content. So that's, that's kind of the deal there. Um, I will say that my voice is kind of shot because uh, we went to universal studios on vacation um, as a family and sea world. So we spent, I think like four days, whatever it was, it wasn't the whole week. I think we left on Monday, came back on Saturday. So we had what Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So four whole days that we were uh, that we were there um, in Florida. You know, Monday was a travel day, Saturday was a travel day. So really, four whole days that we were able to do some stuff. Spent three days in Universal, one day in SeaWorld. If you don't even know what those are, just Google them. They're phenomenal theme parks. They've got roller coasters, and I mean, SeaWorld's about got roller coasters and a lot of aquariums and shows, all aquatic animals, right? You know, fish and whales and dolphins and 
turtles and sharks and all kinds of fun stuff. So if you're into that, that's definitely cool. Plus all the rides, just rides for big people, rides for little people, lots of shows, fireworks, all kinds of fun, lots of cool places to eat and everything that you would expect from a, a theme park, like a Bush Gardens or a Six Flags, something like that. But it's just, it's SeaWorld. It's themed for the sea, you know, sea, sea creatures and, and sea life and all that. Universal Studios is kind of like Disney World's only comp competitor, right? Like Universal Studios is a studio, a movie production studio that makes great movies like Back to the Future to Harry Potter, you know, like and everything all in between, like epic, iconic films that are blockbuster hits and stories and all that stuff. And um, they make rides out of them. And they also have some roller coasters, right? Like the, they've got the Incredible Hulk roller coaster. They've got Transformers, um, 4D um, interactive rides. They've got a ton of rides. Their theme is ride the movies, right? So it's like you're in the movie. So the Transformers ride, you're in this big cart that has a couple of rows of different, you know, four or five people at a time that fit in there. Each row, and there's a couple rows, so you fit whatever, you know, 10, 12 people or something like that in one car, and it's on a track, and it's just, you know, you're spinning, you know, you're going, you're turning from side to side, you're twisting up and down, you know, uh, it's super interactive with the experience and there's these big screens that are like, uh, you know, big, big, huge, like movie screens, basically. And a lot of the rides you have 3d glasses. So it's like, you know, the, the, the transformers are like, you know, shooting, you know, at you or things are exploding and things are like flying. looks like they're flying at you, you know, parts of metal and this and that's flying in your face and you feel like a sprinkle of some water and you feel the fire, you know, you know, a uh, heat, the heat from the fire on you from an explosion. Like it's super interactive and immersive and you literally feel like you are in a virtual reality scenario and you're in the movies. So it's pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's a lot more adult than like a typical Six Flags or Bush Gardens or something like that or some local theme park that has kitty sections and all that kind of stuff. They do have that also at Universal Studios, but it's, I would recommend it's really themed for, you know, the teenagers. You know, you have to be at a certain height to ride just about every single good, you know, major ride that's not some little kitty ride. They've got a whole Harry Potter section in two parks. There's two Universal Studio parks. Um, so... And that's grown over the years. You should, you should just be one. The first time I ever went when I was a kid, it was just one park, and now it's two. So we want to take our kids there because they're old enough to go on all the rides and enjoy it and um, remember it. And they're both going to be graduating this year. My son's going to be graduating from high school. My daughter's going to be graduating from high school. Yes, I don't look old enough to have kids like that, but it is what it is. I'm 44 and I just look younger than I am. I always have. Let's get over it. But everyone says I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy that when I'm, you know, or whatever. I'll appreciate that when I'm old, really old, whatever. So whatever. So yeah, my kids are both going to be graduating. So we just wanted to kind of take them out. It's like a Christmas graduation dual gift. You know, we don't typically travel for the holidays. We typically travel after the holidays. We have like one winter vacation and one summer vacation. So the last few years, because of COVID and everything crazy, we've really just wanted to get back out and do stuff with the fam and go on some Christmas type vacations because it just seems like a really cool idea that a lot we see on TV and movies all the time. And we know people that do that all the time. The holidays, you know, Christmas specifically is one of the highest traveled, um, holidays, you know, flying, driving, all that. So we just decided to join that chaos, <laughs> but we had a good time. So I say all that to say one, 
go to Universal Studios if you haven't. It's a really fun time unless you're, you know, motion sickness or whatever. You're just not physically able to do stuff like that. But if you're a thrill seeker and even some of the mild stuff is still really fun, look into it. It's a fun time. It's different than Disney World, which is kind of geared more for kids. But, you know, we're all big kids at heart, right? So, I mean, we still have fun with our kids at Disney World. But it's a totally different theme than that. Totally different vibe than that. Um, Lots more thrill rides and things like that at Universal Studios. So check that out if you haven't already. It's a fantastic time. Hey friends, Mr. Producer here, and I've been listening to Naylor emphasize route density on his podcast for over a year now, and I've encouraged him to take all this material and create a masterclass to put all of his knowledge in one place and share it with you. This is going to be a live three-week course. Nothing's pre-recorded. You'll have access to group live streams and one-on-ones with Naylor. Every session ends with action steps that you can implement right away in your business. Plus, you'll get a copy of the session recordings emailed to you. Hey, if you want to learn how to make $1,000 all the way up to $3,000 a day in lawn maintenance through route density, then you need to click the link in the episode description. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. But I went on a lot of rides with my kids and screamed a lot because these rides are crazy and a good time. And um, it's just better to scream. If you just sit there like a bump on a log and don't say anything, are you really having fun? I don't know, you know? So, um, so I did a lot of screaming. So my, my voice is kind of all jacked up. It's like, I've been podcasting for like three or four days straight or something. So anyway, just wanted to throw that in there too, but back on track here, where was I really, it was really just the, as an, uh, an update that I wanted to give you guys on this episode about, you know, what my plans are for, you know, uh, also some bite-sized pieces, you know, I'll have, you know, kind of like a, a summary and maybe some more details on things, you know, um, in January of my goals and everything for, for the new year and my business and, and life and everything and go into some more details with that. But I've been kind of breaking it up a little bit too in some of these more bite-sized pieces, these IBG episodes leading into some more things that I'm going to be doing. So I'm looking forward to crew one and, and I have everything that I need to start a second crew in the event that I have, uh, in the event that I get enough work is really what's, what's kind of weighing in the balance there. I have more than enough work for one crew and then I can go treat yards and follow up on whatever I need to follow up with. And, and we can have a good year doing that. But I, every year I always accumulate some more accounts. It's just a question of how many more. So, uh, we did today actually go out and do some more marketing, which I haven't done regularly over the years. Just, uh, I think maybe two years ago when before staffing, before labor just got all out of control for some reason and lack of labor, I should say, uh, before, right before that kind of bottom fell out, I decided to, cause I had a good staff at the time I was building a good team and everything was ramping up before COVID. And I was like, yeah, 2019 is going to be, it, it is a great year. Let's go for it, whatever. And, um, we did some marketing that year. So I kind of, you know, stopped doing that, kind of put paused on that the past couple of years going through COVID just to see where we were, where we were going to end up with that. But this year I decided to, uh, um, market again so that we can just keep hitting the ground running, right? I've got two trucks and plenty of equipment and a crew leader and some part-timers. So let's just get after it. Right. So, um, we did the whole, uh, postcard thing, which is a, a very common and popular technique that I've marketing or advertising 
a form of advertising that's been a part of part of my marketing plan um, since day one. I just haven't done it every year, but I did it in the beginning, and then, like I said, I did it a couple years back, and now I did it again. So I've got specific postcards. I made a video about this on my YouTube channel. You could probably go on my YouTube channel and type in marketing or postcards or anything like that, advertising, any of those kind of keywords. I'm sure that video will pop up, and I show the postcards and talk about you know my whole philosophy with it. But we went around and we handed out postcards today, all select neighborhoods, um, you know, do some clover leafing. If you have heard of that before, basically it's just the yards that you already take care of. You kind of do all the surrounding yards. You put business cards or postcards or whatever your theme is, uh, whatever you're allowed to do, you know, around the, the neighboring yards um, because you're already there. Today we did a combination of all that. We did that and then we went to certain sections of the HOAs and neighborhoods that, that, that were, that we are in and, and some, some neighboring neighborhoods that are close enough by that, you know, we could definitely get, get into and induce and start routes in there. And we handed postcards up and down those streets in places where we have never been before. Uh, and we marketed just, you know, every single house on those streets versus just kind of the surrounding, you know, clover leafing type area, like a clover, leaf if you know what that is you know like a three leaf clover four leaf clover whatever you're just kind of surrounding you know the the uh, houses that you take care of so then we did that and we went up and down complete streets of new sections um, with all the postcards and what we do is underneath again I explain all this in the video but just in case you're wondering this is quick enough to say all these neighborhoods, the HOAs, homeowner associations that I am in and take care of and, you know, are, are the like 95% of my clients are in, we, there, there's a flyer box or a newspaper box, whatever you want to call it, underneath the mailbox. So you're not allowed to touch the mailbox. You can't open the mailbox and put stuff in it. Only the homeowner, the resident, the, uh, uh, the yeah, the, the uh, homeowner is, is able to do that, obviously, to get their mail and the postal worker, right? The mail person that's delivering the mail is able to open up the mailbox and put stuff in and take stuff out. You are legally not, it's like a federal offense, I believe, if you mess with someone's mailbox. If you open it and stick stuff in there, obviously if you take stuff that's super legal, you can't tape anything to the outside of the mailbox. I see all of that stuff. I see, I mean, I don't know, I don't go in people's mailboxes, but I definitely, I don't know if there's anything in there, but I definitely see people taping their business cards to mailboxes sticking them in between the red flag and the mailbox, whatever that stuff blows off. Um, the tape ends up ripping off some of the paint off of the mailbox. Like, and you're not supposed to mess with the mailbox, not supposed to touch it in any way. So if there's no other way, then you just got to leave it alone. But if there is a newspaper box or flyer box underneath the mailbox, that's fair game. You can put anything you want in there and there's tons of people that advertise all types of stuff including the newspaper, you know, that, that, that is in there. Uh, so that's what we do. We, all these neighborhoods that, that I'm in have those. So it's super easy. We don't have to worry about it. Some people do like block that section off. They either stuff it full of like, I don't even know what, you know, sometimes there's a bird's nest in there that, you know, a bird put in there, which is kind of interesting. So you can't do anything with that. But sometimes people like put like a block of wood or a giant rock in there because they don't want people to shove their flyers in there. I don't know why they can't just take it out and throw it in the garbage. You know, I, I guess that's just an extra step that they want to avoid doing. So it's kind of like their way of no soliciting by having that blocked off. But if it's not blocked, 
you know, which the majority of the time is not, you know, we stick stuff in there. Uh, and, and that's, 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 that's just how I've done it. I, I get a little bit of a response from that. Honestly, if I just get one person to call, you know, from that, from that postcard and they sign up for a year's worth of services, then it, it pays for all of the postcards, you know? So that's, that's, you know, uh, depending on how many cards you're getting, it could be a 1% return, could be a 10% return, whatever. Uh, but ultimately that's all I care about as long as, if, as long as I got one and also part of it or a big part of it also is just part of my marketing strategy because you have to touch, this is going off on different topics here a little bit, but you have to touch people multiple. There's going to be multiple touches for marketing, meaning, you know, did they get a business card? Did they get a flyer? Do they see your truck and or trailer in the neighborhood? You know, did they get a, a Facebook ad um, or an email? You know, all these different ways that you can advertise your services, your business, you know, like um, directly and indirectly, like directly is like going to their door or um, calling them or sending an email if they're already your existing customer or something or putting a flyer in their in their flyer box, stuff like that's directly indirectly is, you know, when you're driving through the neighborhood and your truck is, is marked your truck and or trailer is uh, lettered up, you know, stuff like that. Um, that's indirectly, you know, they see you working in the neighborhood. That's indirectly. You're not, you know, marketing, you're not, you're not selling anything to them. You're not soliciting to them. You're not doing anything, but you know, your, 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 uh, uniform and your equipment, everything is advertising your business indirectly. Um, so all of those things though, is putting your business in people's minds. So the more times you, the more ways you do that, and the more times you do that, the more it sticks in people's brains. So then when they do want lawn care services or whatever you're offering, landscaping or all the above, hopefully there's more of a chance that they'll think about you, your business, because of all the different touches that you have, um, you know, given them all the different times that you've touched them, you know, from a marketing standpoint. So me putting postcards in people's flyer boxes is just another touch. It's just whether, whether that postcard, whether someone pulled that postcard out and was like, Oh, I'm going to call these guys or not. They saw the postcard and they see my logo and everything, which is huge on the, on one side of the postcard. And they're like, Oh, I've seen these guys before, or, oh, I've heard about these guys on Facebook before, or maybe they don't think that maybe it's the first time they saw this postcard and this logo and they're like, oh, you know, lawn care company advertising, whatever, and they're garbage it goes. But then when they see someone mention, you know, my business, um, on Facebook, maybe it clicks. Oh, that's the people that, you know, sent me that, that put that postcard in my flyer box or they are searching for lawn care and they Google lawn care and then boom, I come up in the top search results and then they like, Oh, that's the same company that put the you know postcard in it. And it all just starts connecting and it gives them kind of more reassurance, more validation, just more incentive for them to contact you. So that's just also part of my marketing strategy. It's not necessarily I'm expecting, you know, tons of people to see the, to get my postcards and be like, Oh, I got to give them a call, which that would be great. But it's also part of my marketing. Just, just getting another, another touch of them knowing my business is there and, and so on. So we, we did that today is the moral to that story. And so that's just one more way to hopefully encourage more of the right clients to call email or whatever, so that we can, um, you know, we can add more accounts to, 
uh, our services and try and get to that second crew. So we'll see how that goes. Obviously, we have a ways to go here. It's the beginning of January, end of December, beginning of January. So we, uh, you know, we have a ways to go before we get to that spring rush time frame to see where we go. But I'm ready and prepared and trying to do whatever I can to keep the the ball moving or the wheels moving forward in that respect. So um, that's all I have for today's episode. Just trying to give you some insight onto some of my strategies here and what I've been up to and and, and what I'm uh, looking forward to in the future. I'll uh, follow up with some more episodes, breaking some more of these plans down again uh, or some more as well as talking about the new to me truck. So again, I hope you guys enjoyed enjoyed and are enjoying the holidays your holidays uh, whatever you are celebrating hopefully you're spending time celebrating them with someone you love and or care about whether that be friends and or family um, don't do it don't do it alone be safe definitely take some time off to relax recover and enjoy it and uh, keep being productive and getting after it and i will see you guys in the next i will <laughs> uh, um, i will see you guys that's a youtube thing um, i will talk to you guys there we go. I will talk to you guys on the next episode. Thanks to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. And until the next episode, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.